everyone, and welcome to the Tiny Reminders podcast, where we learn big lessons from small voices. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Ward Lipinacci. Uh, for anyone who hasn't had a chance yet to listen to our introduction episode, and you might be wondering why I get to be here to talk to all of you about children and childhood, uh, I'm just going to give you a quick version. I am a doctor of cultural studies with almost 20 years of experience working with children as a teacher, behavior specialist, school counselor, and child and family therapist. Currently, I teach in the children's studies department at Eastern Washington University. Go Eags. And I have a community practice that focuses on the use of yoga and mindfulness with children. Uh, my research and writing focus is on feminist pedagogy, inclusion, mindfulness, narrative inquiry, uh, and critical discourse analysis primarily. You'll hear me talk about some of that stuff as we um, move forward in other episodes, not in a boring way, I promise, in like a really cool academic way. No such thing. Uh, but I will talk about those kinds of things. One of the things I really like to do is uh, talk about those kinds of concepts in ways that are, are really accessible uh, for people of pretty much all ages and all backgrounds. And I think there's there's so much to be said for uh, knowing how to use research and what kind of role it plays in our understandings of the world. Um, and so I like to be able to talk through some of those more critical pieces of the work I do in ways that make sense for a lot of people and not just for people who are uh, like reading uh, academic journals and things like that. So basically, um, I do a lot of work directly with a lot of kids from all over the place. And I teach a lot of people how to do work with kids. And that teaching is always based on these ideas of uh, teaching children and working with children in ways that are inclusive and are guided by children and not just about them um, and not just for them, but actually alongside them. Um, so sometimes on this podcast, while the goal is to center the lived experience and voice of children and youth, I'll also be taking some time to talk through some of my observations with kids, uh, some of the stuff that I see them going through as in, in real time. Uh, we'll take some time to talk with kids about cultural events that are happening in real time. There are a lot of them right now, uh, and they really impact children. So we'll dedicate some of these episodes to um, getting the kids' perspective on some big real-world stuff that's going on. Sometimes we'll talk pop culture, one of my favorites. Um, and we'll always be doing that with uh, an eye to and a focus on children and, uh, and youth and teens and sometimes even older youth. Um, because I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for, uh, the way that we think about childhood in terms of ages. And, um, so we'll get some, some older kids perspectives a lot of the time too. Uh, so these episodes are fun. They, uh, hopefully have some, some good things for all of us to kind of take away. Uh, I, the goal of the podcast really is for anyone who has any sort of stake in the lives of children, whether that's parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles, cool aunts and uncles, um, teachers, social workers, nurses, doctors, um, even researchers, and you know, actual kids themselves. Anybody who is invested in children and childhood, 
I think can find ways to connect and um, benefit. And so my hope is that everybody who listens can find what they need here uh, and just take the things they need. So uh, these episodes were, were calling them uh, our onward episodes. And uh, these are a little different than the storytelling episodes that you'll hear when we, you know, like we did last week when we had um, kids write and tell their stories from their perspectives. The onward episodes are for looking back, so doing a bit of reflection, and then moving forward. And each week in these episodes, we'll check in about the things we've all been experiencing recently and then try to make some plans for moving forward. Uh, I'm all about this idea of forward momentum, especially in times when I might be feeling a little lost or powerless, or maybe the kids I'm working with are feeling uh, super lost and powerless. So I use the idea of momentum almost like an affirmation or a reminder, if you will. Uh, I use a lot of reminders, too, in case you're picking up on a theme here. Uh, Call it repetitive. I call it um, just good teaching. I think that there's a lot of power in choosing one word to sort of anchor into an action that I can keep coming back to when I need it. So I also like this strategy when I'm working with kids because it's really accessible. If we can teach a reminder and a meaningful action that goes with it, we start making those pathways to change a behavior or create create some sort of new habit. One example I use a lot is uh, something like when we want kids to learn to focus better. So our habit a lot of the time is to say the thing we want kids to do over and over, right? So if we have a kid who maybe needs to concentrate on their work in school a little more or on some sort of project or whatever it might be, we might tell them to focus. Hey, you need to focus. Would you please focus? Focus on this. I need you to focus, right? Except that sometimes when we say a word like that over and over, we forget to teach kids what it actually means or what it actually feels like to focus or to do the thing that we keep asking them to do. But if we connect a word like that to some sort of small action that they can feel, then it becomes more meaningful. So uh, instead of something like focus, I'll often have kids practice something like notice instead because that's something we can practice. So I notice the light coming in through the window. I notice the sound of pencils writing on paper I notice my feet touching the floor and we can prompt kids to actually feel what that noticing feels like. So then as they practice those acts of noticing, they're coming actually into a practice of putting things into focus, but they're doing that in a way that feels like something. So it's an act of embodiment. And for most of us, that's the way we really learn and retain and process information. So after we've made that connection, we can teach a whole new habit for noticing and focusing, but just by using that reminder, I notice. So anyway, that's my justification for using the word reminder so often. Uh, It's also the whole foundation of these Onward episodes. So we're in this pretty overwhelming and chaotic, quickly changing pandemic time. And for me, one of the ways I keep myself steady is by using this reminder that I mentioned earlier of just this one word, onward, onward. Uh, So one of my favorite graphic designers, her name's Angie uh, Quintanilla Coates. You can find her on Instagram. Uh, Her Instagram 
handle is the five fifteen five spelled out like the the word five and then fifteen the number. I'll link it um, on this description of the podcast in case you want to check her out. She created this beautiful graphic that just centers the word onward, um, and I and it's really colorful and beautiful. And as soon as I saw it, it it really spoke to me, and I immediately knew it would be my reminder word for this time that we're in. So to me, it means moving into that place of forward momentum, but not first without reflecting back on what has been and noticing what's right now. So just in that one word, I'm able to sort of uh, remind myself of these, these three things, almost like a cycle, right? These things that I want to remind myself to do. And really, it's, it's the cycle I want to be in when things are getting really overwhelming or things are, I'm feeling stuck in something. Uh, I, I want to have that anchor and I want to have that reminder. So what I'm choosing right now and what I'm sharing with you all is this reflecting, noticing, and moving forward. And um, I think we all know like sometimes when things are scary or extra emotional, it's really easy to skip through some of those steps. But for me right now, I, I don't I don't want to. I want to keep doing the reflecting and the noticing and the moving forward because that feels like me being fully present when I do that. Uh, I'm able to keep my mind a little more clear. I can maintain some amount of emotional balance even in these really hard, uncertain, pretty scary times. Uh, And some of us, right, might be inclined to just skip past the reflection and noticing and just move into action. I'm talking directly back to myself here, probably talking to some of you too. It's a default though that I can say from personal experience has pushed me into some really bad situations. <clears throat> so in the times, excuse me. So in the times when I don't want to feel too much and I don't want to reflect too much and I don't want to notice how I'm feeling right now um, and I just have a tendency to, to push myself into action, um, it's really often that kind of act of moving too quickly into the action and momentum phase has always led me to make bad choices, to be honest, not thoughtful choices, uh, some small ones and some big ones. Please reference my first marriage. <clears throat> Oops. Uh, and in the smaller, more day-to-day mo- moments of moving right to the momentum stage of the cycle, I always burn myself out and I just don't leave any room for balance. So I've learned the hard way in the big and small ways um, that there's probably a better, more thoughtful way to do that. So the same might be true for people who maybe linger a little longer in the reflection stage and feel themselves getting stuck there with not much forward movement when things are feeling overwhelming. And this is not to shame anyone's process for getting through hard times. This is simply to suggest uh, something that that might be able to create a little more balance, uh, whether it's for you or whether you're noticing that the people around you, maybe the kids around you in particular, whether you work with kids or you have kids of your own, uh, maybe they need a little something to anchor into during these times. And that's just really all this is. It's not to say that one way is better than the other or that it will always look perfect because it won't. This is just simply uh, a reminder, which is what we do here. Tiny reminders.
um, if you need it and or if someone else you know might need it. So um, for, for most of us, like I was saying, okay, so like I was saying, sorry, I get a little distracted by my own self. So really for most of us, this cycle or process won't ever be exactly the same and it will never really be perfect, but at least it's something, right? And it's something intentional. And the thing that I like about using a reminder like this is that it's something you get a say in. So during times like we're in right now, we're in, you know, sort of an upside down world of pandemic and quarantine and, you know, people making all kinds of different choices. And I don't think any of us really know, I mean, clearly none of us really know enough about this situation and COVID-19 to really understand what the best next move is. And so I think we're all sort of really questioning ourselves, uh, questioning the people around us, maybe questioning our leadership a little bit. So in those times um, and and times like right now or any time when big things are, are happening that we don't really get to have control over, having some kind of say in our response makes a pretty big difference to how we are able to cope. So if you're in this process or you want to practice this process of what I'm calling onward, um, let it be quick if it needs to be. We might some days just get in and out of the reflecting and go real swiftly into the noticing and the movement and the forward momentum some days. Other days we might linger a little bit in reflection because maybe it feels really good to remember um, or maybe there's something back there that we need to work through with some extra attention. But let's not stop there. Let's not get stuck in the remembering. Let's move into noticing the present and finding some ways to move forward. I personally am using my reminder here onward. and I'm sharing it with all of you in the hope that maybe we can all stay in that cycle in some way together, uh, focusing on you know, staying healthy and balanced and reflective um, as we navigate through some, some really hard times. Uh, and for those of us who have kids or who work with kids, or if you're a listener and you are a kid, I know you're out there, maybe we stay in that cycle of reflecting, noticing, and momentum together. We'll be adding these onward episodes each week to keep us all connected in these ways while still centering the voice and experience of children and youth. Like I said, there's something here for everyone, I think, from kids to grown-ups. It's also a place where uh, I think the listeners get to interact a little bit more. So we'll have some, uh, some, some small guest interviews. We'll have some guests on. We'll have some um, listener interaction and feedback um, included in each of these episodes. Each week, we'll source some of your comments and your questions and experiences and ideas. So uh, be on the lookout for those prompts on our Instagram. You can find us at uh, Mary Ward Lupinacci. It's just my full name spelled out on Instagram uh, or at Tiny Reminders Podcast. Um, this week we don't have a guest. It's just me in the studio. But um, I do have lots to share with you from kids who had lots to share with me and with you. Um, and I just also want to sort of address here that 
as you can imagine, the storytelling episodes that we do um, are involve a process, right? So it's not just like uh, a kid write something up and then I have them read it and we call it good and we edit an episode. It really is a, a more intensive process. Uh, it's an experience anchored in purpose really to give kids the emotional space and support to dig deep into their lived experience and really tell us the things that mean something to them. Uh, it's important and it isn't accomplished in a one-time Zoom interview or uh, just a quick essay the process is, in its best moments, therapeutic and empowering. In the more difficult moments, the emotions it brings up are big, and letting them through takes time and care. Anyone who's taken the time to write an important story or song or poem or to create a piece of art that connects to your emotion uh, and identity probably recognizes this process. And one thing that we can probably all attest to is that while it's all those things, therapeutic and empowering and emotional and slow sometimes, it's also overwhelmingly one of the best things we've ever done. Uh, the ways we come to know ourselves through love and care and attention to those stories, I think brings strength and joy and uh, such a sense of mastery over our own experiences. So all this to say, the storytelling episodes take time and patience, and each one is really on the timeline of the storyteller with guidance and support from me all the way through. And we want those storytelling episodes to speak for themselves because they are so powerful and moving, uh, and those episodes are solely devoted to that child and the moments that they share with us. So those episodes um, will take a little more time they uh, are, the goal is to have a new one out um, every other week. Although at this point, um, you know, we're we're all sort of working on a different kind of timeline than maybe we had anticipated. Um, so we're we do what we can. We've got a whole lot of kids with a whole lot of stories to tell, um, and so just know that those will be coming probably every other week. Um, but our onward episodes give us a little more space to, to play and chat and get to whatever business we feel like we need to that week. Um, so these will be more frequent and I hope that you enjoy them. And if you have any sort of um, topics or issues or ideas you want to share, we would love to hear those too. Um, so for this week, I wanted to spend some time talking about what's happening for kids during the time of COVID-19. I feel like, you know, I don't want to uh, linger on it too long. And I, I certainly don't want to make all of our episodes um, focus on that because I think while it's really important and we're going to continue in this podcast to address uh, current real-time issues in the world, um, I don't want all of our energy to be spent toward that, although it probably could. Uh, but I think we're putting in a lot of energy thinking about COVID-19 and quarantine and uh, social distancing and all of those things anyway. So I just wanted to spend a little bit of time on it uh, from uh, a, a more kid-centered kind of viewpoint. And um, just so you know a little bit of like the methods that I use. Uh, one of the things I'm doing a lot of is uh, I'm calling it kid sourcing. I don't know. 
it's crowdsourcing, but it's with kids. So I'm, I'm sort of kid sourcing some questions on different social media platforms to get an idea of uh, what the quarantine vibe is right now for kids. I also see so many kids throughout the week from, uh, from all over the country, really. So um, when we get into these discussions, I always uh, get their permission first to share their thoughts for the episode as well. Uh, I give lots of space for kids to contact me and let me know if there's something they really think that we should be talking about and sharing with everybody. Um, and I also, this week, I, I want to check in with the older kids. So uh, I've been hearing a lot from the college students I teach and advise through this. And I think this is also a really important time to acknowledge the things that that they're going through. So let's start there, actually, for this week. So I sent out a message to all of my um, my college students this week. I'm teaching five classes online this quarter. Uh, that was not the plan. I every every quarter I teach uh, a, a pretty good mixture, usually mostly on campus classes, um, and you know a, a handful of online classes as well. So teaching online is not uh, completely new for me. Most of my classes that I've taught have an online component as well, uh, but. This quarter, no, the plan was not to teach five classes entirely online without any face-to-face contact with students. Uh, I can just tell you right now that I'm uh, a very relational kind of person and my teaching very much uh, engages in relationship. I think that that's also like a really important way to model how to work with kids. So in any kind of work we're doing with kids, the, the most important thing we can do is is build rapport and relationship because that's how we build trust. And I think the same uh, is true for any kind of, of teaching and learning space that we're in. So uh, it's hard for me and for my students to not be um, face-to-face in relationship in that way. Uh, all in all, I have about 80 students total um, this quarter, and I work really closely with a lot of them with most of them in their classes that they take with me and in their internship placements. So I sent them a message this week uh, because I was sort of bracing for um, in our state, there were going to be some announcements about when we would start move into this next phase of, of reentering the world. And, um, and we knew we'd sort of get an announcement from the university about what fall might look like. So I just kind of assumed that this might be a, a complicated week for students. So I sent them a message to let them know that for this week, I wouldn't be assigning any new work. I called it a take a breather week. Uh, I just really wanted them to take the week to catch up on anything they needed to, schoolwork, sleep, Netflix, whatever. I wanted them to just have a chance to catch their breath a little bit. And I, I want to share that message here that I sent to all of them. Um, and I want to share it with all of you because I think there might be some pieces that we all relate to in different ways uh, and also might help put into perspective some of the things that that the kids we know are feeling and experiencing during this time as well. It's fair to say that everything I do is influenced by the kids I'm interacting with every day. Uh, I want them to be my teachers just as much as I am theirs. So everything I'm sharing here is rooted in the experiences that that kids, younger kids, have been sharing with me over the last several weeks. 
so I wrote this to my university students, but I actually wrote it to every one of you and to my own kids and to myself this week. It reads, hi, everyone. Sounds just like I'm starting a podcast. Oh, uh, I wanted to check in with you all to make sure that you know you're all doing an amazing job in a very difficult time. Again, this was a, an email to my students, and I'm, I'm also talking directly to all of you right now. Although I'm not always assigning work to all of you. I will if you want me to. I've got time. Uh, I've decided that I will not be assigning any new material or assignments for this week. Please use the time to catch up on coursework or sleep or reading or anything else that makes this time a bit more comfortable for you. I also want to say a couple of things from a therapeutic mentorship perspective. During this time, it's likely that you are all experiencing very different things. Some of you have changed jobs, have lost jobs, are doing essential work, have kids at home all day, every day, have families to take care of, etc. We're all in very different situations, and we're all bound to have very different emotional responses to the changes and uncertainty that we're experiencing. One thing that is very likely to happen right now is that your initial response to this crisis was driven by an adrenaline reaction. You might have started the quarter feeling really good and motivated, and it's possible that now you're finding your energy and motivation are draining. If this is happening for you, I just want you to know it's a very normal reaction to a traumatic experience. We react with adrenaline, hop into a sort of fight or flight state, and for many of us that adrenaline by now has leveled out and just become a new state of normal. So just know that this real energy being used in a way that takes a heavy toll on your body and mind and emotions is normal and real. For some others, particularly those of us who have experienced major trauma before, you might find that you're functioning pretty regularly and that you have been all along. This is also normal. If you've experienced significant trauma before, it might be a familiar state for you and your response might not feel as emotionally or physically draining. No matter what you're experiencing or feeling right now, please know that it is real and valid. You should give yourself lots of patience and kindness right now. I've attached an article here in case you're interested in reading more about how this time is impacting students. There's a link there then included in the email to a Teen Vogue story about uh, the emotional toll of distance learning. I'll talk more about that in just a little bit. For this week, there are no assignments and no group Zoom meetings. I'm opening up virtual office hours all week and would love to check in with any of you who have time to chat. Please just send me an email. We'll set something up. Keep up the good work and keep taking good care of yourselves. We'll resume our regular schedule next week. Okay, so I just want to share the, the message that I sent to them to sort of set the context for the response that I've gotten this week from that email. For some students, uh, they, they were very vocal that this was a really welcome and needed break. I had a lot of students just reach out with a simple thank you. Some others just responded that uh, a message like this makes them feel seen and cared for. They are seen, they are cared for. Uh, I, I want to extend that message to, to all of you and to all of the kids who are listening as well. I think that uh, this is another, yep, I'm going to say it, good reminder for all of us that the ways we show people care don't have to really take much out of us. 
most of us don't really have a lot to give right now. Our emotions are sort of spent. Our energy levels are unpredictable. Uh, we're physically unable to offer much right now since most of us are staying close to home. But know that even a small act, like a note or an email, letting our people know that that we are thinking about them can bring some real comfort. What it can also do is open a line of communicating in ways that that maybe people didn't know they needed. So after I sent this email, I got several messages back from students who didn't need anything from me really. They just wanted to share what they were going through. Some of them really related to the trauma piece and had been feeling guilty because they didn't know uh, that what they were feeling was okay. They thought maybe they weren't feeling enough stress or worry. Um, and they were feeling really guilty about that and feeling like, what's, what's wrong with me? Am I some kind, am I some kind of monster for not really feeling the stress of this? Uh, it turns out that anybody who sent me a message like that also shared with me that they'd experienced significant trauma outside of the pandemic, some of them in a really recent way. So they were likely already in that heightened response state, or at least really familiar with it. So hearing for some validation for that from someone who actually knows them brought relief from the guilt and uh, even opened up some space for them to feel things that that they had been denying for themselves. Side note, if you're going through some personal trauma right now, it's okay to take that space for feeling and processing it. You can take a break from the worry of, of a global crisis and pandemic and... Um, Make room for, for both, our, your personal stuff and the global pandemic stuff. Both things are important and both things might really be happening for you. I have some of that happening in my own life um, and I'm trying very hard to make space for both things. I would encourage you and I'm, I'm here in solidarity for those of you that are doing the same or attempting to do the same. I think here's where that onward cycle would really come in handy too. Uh, reflecting and noticing and keeping things moving forward. So some other students, um, this was really, the email was really an invitation to ask for help. Uh, so a, a lot of the times I think, you know, we, we have a tendency to say like, you know, reach out if you need help, let me know if you need help. And while our intentions are really good, obviously, and we mean it, um, we also have some responsibility, I think, to open up the space for that help to actually like to get the ask, right? So uh, part of my intention for giving the week off was for students to take a break to maybe realize that, that they might actually need help. Um, and, you know, if again, coming back to that, that forward momentum, that action step in the cycle if we're constantly in that like move, 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 what's next, what's next kind of state, we uh, are, are pretty unlikely to know that we even need help or to even be able to take the time to articulate the kind of help we might need. So part of my goal also with the week off was to just give some students the space to, to think about it uh, and to ask for help if they did need it. Um, and several of them reached out and said that they did. Um, and a lot of them said, so this article that I linked uh, in Teen Vogue really resonated for them. In the article, the author, Zach Shemerly, um, 
Zach, by the way, is a freshman at Columbia, and he writes a series for Teen Vogue called Schooled, and it's really brilliant, and everyone should check it out. Um, I've talked with Zach a little bit. He's just very cool, um, and his work is really good. So for this piece, he writes about students feeling a lack of motivation for online classes, uh, feeling really burnt out and too foggy for their online work. Turns out my students really related to this a lot. Turns out so did I. I think the reminder here is twofold. Uh, please, please, please allow yourself to take a break and take some space from whatever work or tasks are making you feel drained and foggy. For me, this onward practice that I keep talking about is also a way to manage that burnout and lack of focus. It's actually where the noticing part comes in. If we make it a habit to, to check in and notice how we're feeling right now in the moment, we have a better shot at recognizing those things that we need. Remember also that, that we, we need the space to do that. So if we start to recognize how we're feeling and knowing what we need, then it gets a little easier to ask for it. Do we need rest? Do we need to take a walk? Do we need to talk to a friend? Do we need a break? Uh, so that's actually the, the last part of that onward practice, right? Is that f moving forward with momentum. It's the action we take after we recognize what we need. I like to teach this to kids too as a tool for empowerment. So it's also very funny to me that I've been teaching this practice or this cycle for a really long time and I've just now given it a name, onward. Uh, you never know when the, the right kind of inspiration is just going to hit at the right time. Also, um, just so we all know, I love naming things. Sometimes I think I maybe start new projects just so I can name them. Seriously, do you need a name for something? Message me. I'll help. Your baby, new business, your vacuum. I'm here for it. Uh, I also want to say before we move on that many of my students are really in dire situations right now. I teach at a regional university with a diverse student body. There are uh, some things happening for students that are really connected to socioeconomics and they're culture bound and gendered. I think they're important to, to recognize those things here. Many of my students have returned to their family homes during this time and are taking on a lot of duties within the home. Childcare and homeschooling for siblings, uh, care for parents and grandparents. Many have taken on extra financial responsibilities for their families who might be out of work right now. Some are in very unstable living situations and uh, are even facing homelessness. Some are in dangerous living situations and can't find a way out right now. We're doing our best to provide resources and support for those students. And I know many of you are doing the same for the people in your lives and in your communities. I want to say here, if you're experiencing something dangerous or too heavy for you to bear on your own right now, please reach out. You can email or message me directly. I can help you find support in your community, in your area. Feel free to use the uh, email, tinyreminderspodcast at gmail, or send a DM on Instagram to Mary Ward Lupinacci or Tiny Reminders Podcast. There are lots of supports available, and anything you send to me will always remain confidential. Um, okay, so I want to move on to the kids now. Um, I've been giving some prompts to the kids I work with and asking for their input about living in the time of COVID-19. 
And obviously they have some wisdom to share with us. Lots and lots of it. Um, and I want to also be really mindful about something here that there are lots of kids that I can't access right now. Uh, we're doing lots of community outreach with different organizations in our area to connect with families who don't have access to resources for their kids. The experiences I'm able to relate to all of you right now are from kids who do have access to internet, who have a space, safe space to be online, to communicate in the groups I facilitate, and in social media spaces right now. Uh, they are from a really diverse range of backgrounds and environments and family structures, and they live all over the U.S. and represent a range of childhood experiences. But they most certainly do not represent all childhood experiences during the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, we acknowledge that here at Tiny Reminders, and we continue to include as many voices as we can throughout the podcast for the widest range of representation that we can. So I want to share uh, just a little bit of, of the responses I've received from kids recently when I've asked them. Uh, one of the questions I ask and, and keep checking in with kids about is, what has changed for you during this time? Or what keeps changing for you? Overwhelmingly, the response is pretty obvious. All of the kids say school. School has changed a lot. Um, some kids just say, like, everything, just everything. Uh, so needless to say that the changes have been big, uh, but the response to those changes has really varied. For some kids, this change to school at home and maybe more downtime or time with family has been really positive. Others are obviously missing their friends and maybe getting a little bored at home. Um, and this obviously depends on what the family unit looks like right now. Um, like I said, all the kids we, we work with and talk to at Tiny Reminders are coming from, from different kinds of family structures. Um, but something really interesting that has emerged, so I love to, to work in themes, right? That's part of the research I do. So one of the themes that's emerged, um, this sort of weird thing that kids have been telling me about over the last couple of weeks, is that at first, uh, many of them were home and kind of feeling restless and bored and uh, not getting to see their friends and not going to their school and activities every day was such a change and such a drastic one. Um, and then one thing sort of happened that they maybe weren't expecting is that it didn't really take long for a lot of them to start settling into this new routine. So, you know, they're definitely still missing their school and their friends, but so many of the kids I've talked to have realized that there's, they're also feeling a ton of relief from not having so many activities to do. Um, some of the kids have even told me flat out that they're not missing their extracurriculars. They don't miss sports practice or piano lessons or any of the other evening uh, activities that usually have their days filled to the brim. Um, yes, even some of the yoga groups that I lead um, I'll, I won't let my ego get in the way. I'll put it on the list. It's an extracurricular that takes up some time for the kids that I work with. Uh, and for some of them, if they do miss them, they're kind of relieved to have the free time in their schedules more than anything else. One 12-year-old girl I work with pretty frequently um, is now advising her friends on how to write a persuasive essay to their parents so that they can drop out of an activity for good. 
She says the key is to be very organized about your key points and present your information in a calm way. This way, they know you mean it. You want to show them you've really thought it through and maybe even tell them what you'll be doing with the extra time you'll have without that activity. She's very serious. And when I tell you she's been advising uh, her peers on this, she's got a line. She's got a line of kids wanting this advice uh, and practicing their essay writing. We've even got some kids uh, uh, figuring out how to do a, a pretty professional PowerPoint presentation for their parents so that uh, they can talk through why it's probably pretty important for them to quit Girl Scouts. That's just an example. It's not really about Girl Scouts. Remember, everything we do here is confidential, no real names. Um, okay, so now I'm not at all encouraging kids to quit the things that are important or enriching to them. Of course, we all want well-rounded kids who have worked hard to gain skills, but I do think this could be a time, a good time, for all of us to, all of us, not just kids, for all of us to reevaluate how we spend our time um, and what feels important and enriching for us and what things feel more like, uh, like tasks and obligations. And maybe come to realize we don't, we don't need to have so many tasks or obligations. Uh, one of the things that I've encouraged some of the kids I work with to do is to really start feeling what it's like at the time they're supposed to be going to an activity um, that they don't get to go to anymore. So actually like put themselves in, put themselves in that place, right? So um, 5.30 rolls around and it's time for dance class. And like, how does it feel? So, so actually feel like you're, you're getting ready to go to dance class and then you don't get to go, right? So pay attention to it. I'll ask them, what's the first thing uh, that you feel when you realize you're not going? Um, and, you know, those reactions can, can say a lot to us about the things that really are meaningful and important for us and the things that maybe are a heavier weight than we realized. Because remember, sometimes when we're really caught up in our day-to-day -day schedule and, and all the hours are filled with things, we're all, we're all guilty of this. Uh, we don't always have a lot of time for feeling what it feels like to do those things and how we actually connect to them. So that's sort of one of the things I'm encouraging kids to do right now. Maybe something we, we all might want to practice and engage in. That's a really embodied way of understanding uh, how you connect to your schedule and your life. Uh, I also ask them to keep track of which things they're thinking about the most. So like when I ask them, what's the first thing they're going to do when things open back up? Right? Like what's, make a list. Like what are the things that you know, like they're on your list. These are the first things I want to do when the world feels a little more normal and stable and, and I can go into it um, in the ways I used to. So then I want them to pay attention to those responses. There's, there's a list, right? And what's on the list and then what's left off of it. So both of those things mean something. Maybe let that mean something. Maybe as you move forward into your next action, maybe this week that's the momentum you need. After your reflection, after you're noticing how you're feeling, notice reflecting on all of the things that, that you used to do and all of the tasks that used to fill your day and all the activities that used to fill your day, noticing then what those things feel like in your body when you're not doing them anymore, 
paying attention to those things, and then maybe taking the action of rethinking how your days might look when this is all over based on your reflections and your noticing that might might be a good momentum forward for all of us, paying attention to those things on your list and off your list and that embodied feeling. Maybe you've replaced some of the things that you used to do with new things and maybe those are feeling really good. Uh, maybe those become your list now. So uh, maybe maybe this is part of that practice of onward uh, for the week that I can leave you with. For next week, I'm doing some research and gathering testimonials uh, about something that keeps coming up in my conversations with with families right now and with my students um, at EWU and with the kids that I work with. Uh, and that is around this experience of Zoom learning. It doesn't look like the the Zoom platform for learning space is going away anytime soon, um, but uh, it it turns out there's some things that um, may be very problematic about how students are able to engage during their their Zoom learning sessions. Um, and so we're going to expand on that next week. I've got some interviews for you. Um, it actually might end up being a bonus episode because we've got a lot of content for next week. That's a good thing. A lot going on these days. share with you uh, a letter from a kid who wants to send you her own reminder about COVID-19. It's written in pink scented marker. Uh, For those of you who might really appreciate the juxtaposition of innocence of that kind of big fat marker writing and the importance uh, of what the letter actually contains I think it really represents everything we do here at Tiny Reminders. So I'm going to end the episode with this tiny, bright pink, strawberry-scented, bold-lettered reminder. It says, Stop. Think. If you go into a store or go to a playground, you might be spreading germs. But even if you think you do not have COVID-19, you might be wrong. You might be right but you might be wrong. Someone might not know that they have it. Some people might know they have it, but you do not always know if you have it. So stay home and stay safe and wear a mask. Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. Last smiley face covered with a mask. All right, everybody, thanks for being here. I know today was a lot of listening to me talk. I appreciate you giving me the space to do that. I appreciate you being here uh, and remembering how important it is for us to be uh, centering the voices of children and giving them some safe space to communicate, even if it is through my voice in the times when we can't get them into the studio. Uh, I really appreciate all of you who are sending emails and messages and, uh, and having your kids share their thoughts with me. And if you're a kid and you're listening and you want to talk about some of this stuff, um, 
please send me a message. Ask your parents, have them send me a message. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. You can find us and message us at uh, tinyreminderspodcast at gmail or on any of our social media. Uh, primarily Instagram is the place to find us. Uh, you can either message me at Mary Ward Fanacci or at Tiny Reminders Podcast. Um, as always, the Tiny Reminders Podcast, even these onward episodes, uh, our family affair, our producer, mixmaster, genius is Johnny Lupinacci, and all original music is from Mark Ward. You can find him uh, anywhere where you get your music, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, all the things. Um, thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. <laughs>